I had already been on this journey of just realizing God actually speaks and that prayer is a dialogue and not just a list. I still remember the guy we prayed for the first time we kind of started this and it was this cowboy kind of manly man Mm -hmm. and he left the session and it was really cool but then we cleaned up and kind of did the room and then as we were leaving he was still out in the parking lot jumping and dancing around his pickup shouting I hear from God (laughs) and I thought yes you do we all do and so that's just been our journey of just wanting to help other people experience that. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we will share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. Hello, I'm Don Love, the host of Unquenchable, and this is my bride, ministry partner, and co-host, Jennifer Love. That's me. We finished last season talking about ministering to pastors as we highlighted a short prayer session we led at a pastor's conference in Tennessee. You can go back and listen to episodes 19 and 20 to hear some of the testimonies that came out of that conference. That conference was three years ago now. And Jen and I just finished our 10-day Pray Through It tour through Colorado, where we followed up with these pastors from season one, and on this trip, helped their congregation to take the next steps by demonstrating and explaining the biblical basis for listening and inner healing prayer in their churches. In the next few episodes, among other things, we'll be discussing a bit about how the growing understanding of these pastors' practice of listening in prayer is reshaping the way that they and their people minister to one another. But before we introduce our guest today, we have a few upcoming events. In March, we have a soul care retreat in a castle in Lexington, North Carolina. In April, we have a women's retreat in Lynchburg, Virginia. And keep an eye out for details about an in-person Pray Through It training coming up in May. You can check out PrayThroughIt.com for details. And while you're listening, why not help us to reach others by giving us a five-star review and maybe writing a sentence or two telling others what they can expect to get from listening to the show. Last season, I mentioned that we had the privilege of staying at the house of Alan Kraft. He's the lead pastor of Christ Community Church in Greeley, Colorado, and the author of More, When Just a Little of the Spirit is Not Enough. What we didn't mention was that Alan was among the pastors that we prayed through things with at that conference in Tennessee. At that time, I didn't know who he was, nor that he and his wife, Raylene, were well on their way to lead their church to practice in their own approach to listening and healing prayer. What perhaps amazes me the most about Alan is how engaged he is in learning and how quickly he applies what he's learning in his own walk and in his church. When we first met, he watched as I prayed through things with another pastor. And when we were done praying, he slid into the seat beside me and said, you got time for one more? And so we prayed through some things with him as well that day. And then later that same day, Alan told me, you know, I really like your approach and listening and prayer. And I'm going to implement some of these things in my church sometime soon. What really shocked me, though, was later that same week, he called me with a listening and inhaling prayer that he had written, and he was telling me that he was going to use it that very Sunday in his church. And then I was shocked again as he offered to host a training in his church the very next month, 
And the more that I've gotten to know Alan, the more that I see there's something in the way that he leads his congregation that exemplifies the Apostle Paul's encouragement to follow me as I follow Christ. So today, whether you're a pastor or just someone desiring something more in your own walk in your church, I encourage you to join us as Alan and his bride, Raylene, share a bit about their prayer journey and how that has rippled into their church. So, Alan, why do you think it was that when you saw Don modeling listening and interlinking prayer, you were able to so quickly see something and apply it right away in your church? Is that something you normally do? I don't know. My wife is nodding. <laughs> That's probably my personality more than anything. But I think we have a huge passion for inner healing. So seeing you guys utilizing it maybe in a little different way that, yeah, I thought, this would be worth exposing our people to and our leaders to and interacting with. And so I probably do. If I find something like that, I tend to move pretty quickly. Could you guys tell us a little bit more about your journey? One of the first ahas for us was God is speaking and the Spirit wants to speak to us. And so I feel like that just opened up this whole world for me personally, and I think for Raylene too, in terms of her journals and some of the things with our our son with special needs. And really, I feel like it opened up a beautiful floodgate of intimacy that we just began to experience. Has your church always been open to listening and inner healing prayer? Well, I think because it was such a part of our own lives, what we were journeying in, I don't really feel like it was a immediate thing. I think we just began to look for ways to help other people experience what we're experiencing. And so we put together a listening prayer class, teaching the principles of listening prayer, and then actually practicing in the class We just began to look for ways to help people kind of learn that this is a normal part of their Christian life. And so I feel like it it was more of that kind of approach. We were experiencing it. We wanted other people to experience it as well. And so then we would just look for other ways to do this in terms of maybe at the end of a sermon, rather than just doing the pastoral prayer to have people ask the Lord a question. It's just kind of a normal part of our church now that God speaks and we can hear his voice and grow in that. And what was, for you, Raylene, what was kind of the journey in terms of inner healing prayer? Because you went to a training or something, and that seemed to light a fire in your heart. Yeah, I think I had already been on this journey of just realizing God actually speaks and that prayer is a dialogue and not just a list. I was raised Mennonite. And so that was just a really weird thing to realize, I think I actually heard from the Lord, or Mm -hmm. I I actually felt something in my Mm -hmm. body. I think God's Mm -hmm. communicating to me. And so that just ignited this thirst and this hunger. So yeah, then a couple of my friends were going to go try this prayer training, and I am very quiet and introverted. I do not put myself out there. And I actually asked if I could go along. Like that was like a really unusual thing, but I just like, I want to do that. And so we went to this training and it rocked my world. I just sat there in that session, like what just happened to me? And it was 
awesome. It was like I just felt connected to the Lord in a way that I had never had. He came and touched a memory, and and it was just like, I want to do more of this. So the three of us just came home, and we bought the DVDs, and we sat and watched them over and over and over, (laughs) and we practiced on each other and just continued to grow in this ability to to dialogue and to have the faith to expect he actually wants to answer. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. he actually has an opinion on yeah. some of these things that are heavy on my heart. And so, yeah, it's just been a great, great journey in introducing other people to that. I still remember the guy we prayed for the first time we st- kind of started this. You and I were praying, and it was this cowboy kind of manly man. Mm-hmm. and he left the session and it was really cool but then we cleaned up and kind of did the room and then as we were leaving he was still out in the parking lot jumping and dancing around his pickup shouting i hear from god (laughs) and i thought yes you do we all do and so that's just been our journey of just wanting to help other people experience that. Mm -hmm. So tell me about what touching a memory means. What does it mean that God touched a memory? For me, that means a memory that probably has a vulnerable place or a hurt attached to it and just asking the Lord to show me where he was and to realize he was there with me Mm -hmm. and to show me the truth about that situation because I think so many times we believe lies in those vulnerable hurt places and we don't know they are but we clutch tightly to them the rest of our (laughs) life and so for him to come in and bring truth and to do whatever he wants to do in that memory Mm -hmm. rewrite it erase it walk me out of it it's always different every time and that's what I love about Jesus. He's just always so gentle and so good and just so surprising. It's just exciting. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other examples of any other moments that were kind of monumental in your church as these things happened? I yeah. think as you're talking about it, yeah, it's something that we experience. And then as a pastor, I want my people to begin to experience this. And so part of it was setting up this ministry we call Hope Abounds, and we've adapted it and used some inner healing kinds of things that have been helpful along the way, incorporating that. And then after the end of sermons, inviting people to envision Jesus standing in front of them. And is there a burden you're carrying? And why don't you hand that to the Lord? What what does that burden look like? And why don't you hand that to the Lord? And what does he do with it? Trying to incorporate it into everything we do. So we recently developed a class called Experiencing Intimacy with Jesus. It's a seven-week class where I teach some content and then people have homework and then they come back and they process the homework, what they experience. I teach the practice of stillness, being present in the moment so that we can be present to the Lord. And then they practice that or teach them the Lord's Prayer, how to pray through the Lord's Prayer as a paradigm for prayer. So those are a few things I think that over the years they have impacted us. And then we've looked for ways to help other people begin to taste of that and experience that as well. Yeah. 
So one of the questions that comes up every meeting that we go to is, how do I know the difference between my thoughts and God speaking to me? Now, sometimes the enemy is very clear because there's something different about the enemy speaking, but how do I know if I'm listening that I'm truly hearing the Lord and not myself and my own imagination? How do I know that? I've kind of been intrigued by this idea that God actually uses our thoughts. Because for a long time, I kind of had this feeling like it'll be a whisper from the Lord. I don't know how to describe this. This yeah. may sound a little weird, but it will sound like my thoughts, and that's okay, right? It's mm-hmm. probably going to sound like the way I would say something. Mm-hmm. It's not going to sound like Billy Graham, the language he would use. No, it's going to sound like Alan Craft. Now, it's really hard to hear the Lord when it's a decision mm-hmm. about one of our children and someone they're dating or whatever. Right. We have so much invested and so much emotion there. It's really hard. But what I think what we're talking about is just cultivating intimacy yeah. with Jesus. And when we're doing that, let's just explore that and not be afraid of it and just be discerning, making sure there's nothing we're hearing that violates anything in Scripture. Yeah. But what would you say? Raylene? Yeah, I think that's all good. I I think sometimes you do just have this sense of your heart's pounding or there's, oh, I'm just breaking out in heat. It's just, there is just this feel, you can just feel that the Holy Spirit is on you and you just know without a shadow of a doubt or sometimes I have to look up a word right. in the dictionary. Yeah, it's think, like That couldn't have come from me because like, I didn't know that word. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not even sure this is a thing, so I'm pretty sure this is legit. Um, so, yeah, there's just, it is. It's just a practice and a journey of knowing how he speaks to you mm-hmm. and how that feels. And, and then, yeah, there are times where we're like, I don't know. It doesn't go against scripture, so I'm just going to kind of walk in obedience and test it. I'm going to test it, and I'm going to weigh it. I think one thing to keep in mind is even though we might be just now ourselves intentionally trying to listen to the Lord, it doesn't mean that he hasn't already been speaking. Mm -hmm. And so there's already a familiarity there that we might think of as our own thoughts, but it's intertwined because Mm -hmm. we're already in a conversation with the Lord and with the enemy, even with inner dialogue. So when we think about that inner dialogue, we think it's all us, but it's not just all us. We're already in an inner dialogue, whether we're aware of that or not. So some of that's that reason for that familiarity that you're talking about. But I think, Raylene, you bring in the other side of it, where something hits you and you're like, but wait a minute, that couldn't have been me. That was so foreign in one sense, but yet in another sense, it sounds very much like me having a conversation with myself, but then something beyond the conversation comes into it. And so I think there's a good combination with both of what you two are working through. And this is an example, too, of, Alan, you saying, I'm sharing as I'm learning it, right? Mm -hmm. We don't quite have words for this, but we all have a little bit of this. And as we bring it together, I think there's some more clarity as the body comes together and discusses these kinds of things. Yeah, it's a lifelong journey, and there are different ways the Lord speaks, and there's something very cool about that Mm -hmm. because it is so personal and so intimate. So I'm wondering, one of the things that we're doing is we're working with pastors who are all over the map as far as where their denominations are, as far as where their congregations are. And I just want to see what advice would you have for them as they're trying to explore for themselves 
and then have their congregation follow them as they follow Christ? What would you say to them? That's a great question. I think it's got to start with them. As we live it out, we begin to look for ways naturally to invite other people to experience that. Mm -hmm. And it could start small, maybe just with our elder board or a small group. But letting the Lord lead in that. I mean, sometimes when I get into trouble, and I do this often probably where I start speaking out of something maybe I've read, but I haven't necessarily experienced it. Yeah. And so then I realize I'm kind of on a limb here because I haven't really lived this. I'm basing it on someone else's journey. And so learning from your podcast and other resources just about some of these areas of listening to the Lord and and beginning to practice that, that's, I think, where it it has to begin. Because then we're ministering out of something God is doing in our own hearts. Right. And the, the other thing that I've noticed, too, is you might experience it yourself, but yet you don't yet have the language to share it yet. And I think it's really important as a pastor not to just share a testimony in a way that the language is so confusing that it could confuse more than bring clarity. Sometimes we have to get that language down so we can be able to explain, this is what's happened to me biblically. This is how I support this with scripture. To be able to share it with your congregation, because I've seen people where they'll have something happen in their life, and then they try to explain it out, And especially in things of the spirit that seem to be a little bit different, people get triggered very quickly by the wrong words. And so I know for me, I try to think through, like, does does that word kind of trigger me? And if it makes me feel uncomfortable, maybe I shouldn't share that word yet until I have the words to say it that's going to be received. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think I have been trying to be careful. I know the culture of our church and evangelical free, and I'm not... Pentecostal, charismatic, or whatever. And so I think there is an appropriate, intuitive translating that I'm doing when I'm talking about listening to God, right? We'll use listening prayer. We don't typically, sometimes we use prophetic language, but often we just talk about listening prayer. I think of another example, Don, you and I have chatted about, but and this was recent for me in the last two years, but this whole area of of biblical, using our imaginations in a biblical way. And the word visualization will just freak people out, right? Because New Age uses visualization, all this stuff. And so then I think, but this is, God gave us this part of our brain, the right side of our brain, uh, for a purpose. And and so much of our discipleship is left-brained. So how could we find language to invite someone to actually use their imagination and scripture to experience a truth more significantly? And so that got fun for me because then I created my own language for that for our church, did a little sermon series on it, but I avoided words that I knew would be trigger words, but invited people into what is a biblical experience of using our whole brain to experience truth. And so I called it biblical imaging. And I think you and I had some conversations about imaging versus imagination. And and so... Those kinds of things, I think, are helpful. Uh, it's a great point where that's where we do have to own not only the experience, but the language that we use and use language that would help our congregation be open to it and not put up a bunch of walls immediately. Yeah. Well, Jen, is there any questions that you have? Well, I was wondering, you said that you went to the thing with three friends. Mm-hmm. So how did you come back and then kind of get other people 
on board with that or kind of introduce that to the church? Yeah, so we went to the training and then we came back and just among ourselves, we kept learning and praying for each other. And then we asked the pastor if he would let us start (laughs) praying for other people. And so we just, we just started and it was so scary. But yeah, we just jumped in and we started very small and it was kind of just word of mouth or, or we would tackle somebody and say, would you let us try this on you? And we just started small Mm -hmm. and it's just grown and taken off. Mm -hmm. Well, would you tell us a little bit more about Hope Abounds? Like if people look for help from that, what would be the process or what do you guys offer people here? Yeah, it it's just a, a healing ministry that goes after the the wounds and lies and stuff that life does to us that kind of makes us feel like God is distant or affects our relationships with others or even affects how we think of ourselves. And so it's just a time where we invite Jesus into those places and see what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about a ministry like that is that it is so training-oriented that you have the person that's leading the session, but then you always want to have a second chair and even a third chair, possibly. And so these people are watching, and then you can gradually hand it over to them. And so Raylene's done a great job of modeling it initially, and then the next session, maybe this person's going to take a part of it, and then she might, you know, Raylene might step in again at some point. But that ministry is really designed for that kind of hands-on, like yours, I'm sure. You watch you guys do it, and then other people can begin train in that. So that's been really cool. And so that's the way the process works. And then it's kind of similar to your kind of situation where it's probably an hour and a half to, I think we allow for two hours, but it's usually in that ballpark, an hour and a half to two hours, where just inviting the Holy Spirit to lead and And there are a few tools that we have learned and that we utilize to get people to this place of describing and where they're stuck and how we can invite Jesus' presence and his truth into those places. Well, Alan, Raylene, we appreciate you guys taking the time to let us interview you and talk with you guys today. That was great. It was fun. Thank Thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode. Join us next week as we follow up with Pastor Jeff Foote, one of the pastors from Season 1, Episode 20, and discuss how his listening and inner healing prayer session with us three years ago and his growing understanding of the biblical role of the Holy Spirit is changing the face of how they minister in their biblically grounded conservative congregation. Unquenchable is a podcast of Praise Spirit Ministries. Like what you hear? Why not get experience firsthand by signing up for our retreats, training courses, and prayer leader collective at praisethroughit.com.